everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. Follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. Follow me at the Dan Urban. Follow the podcast at Couchside Judges and subscribe to us wherever you listen. And if you like this show as much as I know you do, you're going to give us that five-star review. And as always, we talk judging and MMA, so head on over to abcboxing.com. Read the scoring criteria. Dan, that was a that was quite a weekend of fights, my friend. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, well, it was a good show. Talk to you <laughs> later, everybody. No, that was that was wild. Um, so obviously I was at the fights. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a little touch and go about when I was going to be able to get there and all that in the lead up. I had to take care of some things uh, in the office as well, so I had to sprint over to the arena to get there just in time for the seven o'clock when they were. You know, you had to check in by. Okay. So I sprinted from the News Corp building at, what are we, 46th or 47th and 6th. And I sprinted all the way from there to the entrance at 31st and 8th. It's a long, long run. That was a long run in about 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sweaty mess when I got there. So if, if you totally miss. Totally out of breath. If you miss 7 o'clock, you're out. Um. Not necessarily, oh. um, but I was trying to, <laughs> I was trying to get hold of the uh, listed contact there, and I wasn't hearing back from her. So I was like, "All right, I probably shouldn't chance it." I think Nate, I telling, Nate Diaz could have got you in. Yeah, I'm sure he. He's would. just slapping people for any any reason. Honestly, if any of the if the either of the two of them is going to know me, it's actually Dylan. Okay, that's true. Because we obviously know Dylan, but Dylan has no pull there, so oh, yeah. it wouldn't have, wouldn't have helped. Um, but uh, but yeah, like I I was telling one of the other UFC. Um, people there, uh, members of the staff there about kind of what happened. They're like, oh, listen, you got to, if you don't hear from her, talk to me, talk to someone else, just reach out. We'll, we'll take care of it. It's not a problem. So I was like, all right, good to know. Um, live and learn for next time. Hopefully next time I just show up, you know, for all the fights because I missed two fights uh, entirely before I even walked in the building. And then I didn't even really get to catch much of the the next two fights as I was kind of getting set up and um trying to drink water for all the loss of fluid yeah <laughs> that i had sweating off uh sweating off my sprint uh but but i mean once we got set up and everything my goodness ufc 281 i don't know how it felt to you at home dan but i thought this was the fight of the year the event of the year uh tough to say i think there's some contenders uh i think it's a little recent but we got to we got to look back at other cars you had 275 was really good the first London card was really good. Uh, See, I'm, I'm loath to pick uh, a non-pay-per-view over this one because there are so many good finishes here and there were some good title fights but, and stuff. But London's the first card I made the broadcast. So, ah, yeah, it's well, probably why it would win the best card like of the, the year. That doesn't sound like the greatest criteria for this particular category. 275 was fantastic. I'm not going to lie. It, that was a good card. And that was your birthday. It was, and you know there is a there is a link between these two cards. There's two links actually, two fighters in common on both cards. Actually, three, three. Can you name the three fighters who competed on both 275 and 281? Well, we got Wei Li. Yep, absolutely, Zhang Wei Li. Um, well, Glover was there. It doesn't count. We're talking about actually uh, competition. Uh, I should have looked at that card. No, 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 no. You got to do like, it from memory. Yeah, I'm on. making you do it from memory. Okay. I don't have it then. That's all right. We got uh, some. Oh, wait. Frivola. Frivola? No, Frivola was Wasn't not on there. Oh, okay. Yeah, he hasn't fought since uh, January until this weekend. Okay. He was trying to get a fight. He couldn't get one. Um, but yeah, Sungwoo Choi. Was That's one. right. Okay. And Silvana Gomez Juarez. Oh, you know what? I didn't know that one. Mm hmm. But Zhang Wei Li is the only one who won at both events. Mm. So, I mean, really, she's kind of like the MVP of the year. Kind of. Yeah. MVF, most valuable <laughs> fighter. <laughs> but no, I mean, look, like I said, I, I can't speak for how it felt not being in the arena, but this really was, I, I would say top to bottom, the best fight card that I ever experienced live. Okay. That, that and, makes sense. And I don't think that's recency bias. I think this actually stands out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it must've been insane for the, there uh... were no cl- I mean, there's no clunkers here, man. Like basically from, I mean the double knockdown what, like that set it off, right? I was wa- well, I was walking back to my seat when uh, Frivola and, and Azaitar were fighting, and that didn't okay. last very long. So pretty much from there on is like everything I experienced 
in the arena. Mm. And then even before that, I mean, Olberg and, and Negra Mariano was was wild. Um, Trezano versus Sungwoo Choi, that's the one you're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was fantastic. I got to catch, catch that later. And for Vola's knockout, too, it was great. But, I, I mean, you know, Petrosky and Terman, it was, you know, it was a fine fight. Nothing nothing crazy, but it was a fine fight. Aaron Blanchfield uh, was... was fantastic. Ryan Span, I mean, I'm just going to kind of rattle off real quick. Ryan Span just destroyed uh, Dominic Reyes. Mm-hmm. And Atom Moicano looked like a man possessed against Brad Riddell. Then the main card, of course, Dan Hooker looked great and uh, made everybody feel happy because they got Claudio Poyes out there. He, no one, no one in the garden was happy with him. Uh, I don't know if that came across on the uh, broadcast, but it was. You uh, know what? That was not good. That, yeah, it, it, early it was on, not popular. <laughs> that, f- that first round reminded me of uh, Paul uh, Harris and Alan Belcher, the way uh, Dan was defending. Okay. Um, that then, was in Newark too. That was yeah. Same uh, yeah, same was, uh, yep. same water, pretty much. Right. And then after that, it started reminding me of uh, Ryan Hall diving on. Uh, I forget his name, but yeah, he kept just diving to the ground trying to get a leg lock, and then no, that's not got very knocked helpful. out. Yeah. So that's what it reminded me of. Yeah. And oh, then, I- but also, but you know what? It was it was good to have all this high energy stuff, and then have a fighter come out to a super high energy uh, song. Uh, in the most boring way possible, and you know, then just stare there like they don't want to be there. Specifically, you specifically left Carla Esparza off of the uh, the rundown here, and I respected that. I knew you didn't want to talk about her, and you still couldn't resist. Might as well take one more shot. <laughs> uh, I've only had good experiences dealing with her. That's all I, I can say. But um, to kind of circle it back here. This for me, it's the it's the event of the year. I think, like you said, two seventy five stands out. That's that's certainly a rival. I know London was fun, but this there there's levels, right? You know, title fights and classic fights yeah. and this kind of thing. I think two seventy five had the more classic fight happen there, but I think on the whole, this was a stronger uh, pay per view card, and I think uh, prelims as well. So that's why it stands out for me, and it most definitely is the the most electric fight card that I think I've ever been to. Mm. I, I feel pretty good about that one, but. On to the actual happenings of the of the fights here and kind of the repercussions. Alex Pajer is the champion now. Yeah. It, it just highlights how weird this sport of mixed martial arts is that someone who has really only been training as a mixed martial artist for just a couple of years after being a stand at one sport walks in and now he's the champion. He is the champ. This is this is like a throwback to like Brock Lesnar. That's like the closest really thing is, you can yeah. come up with. Yeah, that's as far as I, I keep it. struggling to come up with anybody else, but Brock's like the only one that comes to mind. Um, as someone who was dominant in one thing, comes in and just very quickly gets himself to the top. Very unique. I mean, does Rousey count? Probably not. Um, probably, but also it's it's a little different because women's MMA was yeah. still not as as evolved as mm. men's is now. And, and certainly it's made leaves and bounds since then too, but it, it was still a little, a little much, a little more in, I guess, not its infancy, but let's say women's MMA was more in like almost like a toddler stage Okay. at that point. And, and with her popularity and popularity, it kind of attracted more and more women to come and find it. And, and it's, it certainly helped the the, the sport of women's MMA grow by leaps and bounds. But yeah, mm-hmm. so I, I think you're right, but I just, I, I'm, I don't want to put it in the same category. All right. But, uh, the question I have for you, sir, Israel Adesanya, should he get the immediate rematch? Of course. Do you want the immediate yes. rematch? You want it. I do. Why? Because it's really the only fight that, that makes sense. How are these other guys going to get a title shot over Izzy right I away? Think just, how, how do they I, jump him? He's beat I don't them necessarily disagree, but just it's the idea that Pajara has already beaten him three times. How many times has he got to beat him before he just stops having to fight him anymore? Well, he's only beat him once in MMA. Sure. But now he's beat him three times. First one's a close decision. Second one was a similar situation to this one. I watched the fights. It's I watched like, the fights. I know. I think it's. I think you got to go this. Hey, and you can't. I mean, if if it's not him, then obviously it's got to be Whitaker. Um, but how many yeah, shots? Is, so. How if, many if chances can he have? Him, yeah. yeah, I would think Whitaker would would be the logical next step here. If it's not uh, Adesanya, uh, to be fair, I'm being devil's advocate here. I actually agree. I think the immediate rematch is the one that makes the most sense. But I mean, should he win that one? Uh, can they realistically put together Adesanya Pajera three in MMA if he's already well, lost two there and then two in the other one? No, because uh, Pajera's got Izzy's number. He's not going to be. I don't think he can really match up well against the rest of the division at the top of it. So no, I, and I don't That's... disagree. I think I think probably 
it's the best thing for Pajera too to buy him a little bit more time to grow his well-roundedness in the sport. Yeah. You know, I, I actually did. I asked him because I was writing a column. I asked Pajera, I mean, do you consider yourself a mixed martial artist and, you know, a kickboxer who's now a mixed martial artist or, you know, a kickboxer who's competing in MMA, like like someone who's not really a mixed martial artist. He still thinks he thinks of himself as a mixed martial artist. OK, stands to reason, of mm. course. But, you know, he says he likes training MMA. He really like he he likes he likes all the elements of it. He's okay. not just like doing, you know, he's not taking his one thing and just moving it over. He is trying to adapt. So okay. give it a little bit more time before he has to face some of the other. But the other thing is, too, I mean, as much as you might say, oh, you know, he's got to catch up to maybe some other people who are more well-rounded. They have to catch up to the fact that he is a, a devastatingly dangerous striker. For sure. But so, yeah, I, I... it's a two way street. But yeah, I, I think ultimately we agree uh, on the idea that yeah, the immediate rematch is probably the one that makes the most sense. And what about uh, obviously this went your way, like we alluded to, Zhang Wei Li is now the champion again at women's strawweight. It was pretty much the most expected result on the card from in most people's eyes. But do you think she's better set up now to put together a longer title run than she did the previous time? Maybe actually have like a decent lengthy strawweight title run, which we haven't seen. Yeah, in, uh, since I, I would. I would think so. Mm -hmm. I would think, yeah. I mean, are they going to set up to let her avenge uh, the two losses to Rose again? I doubt they do that right uh, away. There's, I don't think anyone is clamoring for Rose Namajunas to get the next title shot. Not after the last performance. So she's going to have to earn that. Yeah. She's, I mean, and she's certainly may, there. but like, I don't think she's just going to walk into anything. The story's there, though. She is still number one. Sure. No, I don't disagree, but. Yeah, it's she's probably gonna have to get another fight in, and and all the momentum is around Amanda Lemos. Yeah, that that one, that one too. So, which I had completely, I I missed this. this is, we were talking about this earlier today. I missed this. Uh, at some point, Jessica Andrade was booked to face Lauren Murphy in February at flyweight. So, as much as I was thinking, oh, how can how can Lemos skip the line over uh, over Andrade who beat her earlier this year uh, with the the arm triangle show it doesn't matter she's not fighting in the division right now so it's fair it's right. fair for me yeah so there. yeah all right I'm okay that's fine i have no problem with it yeah um but yeah i mean i i would have to think that right now uh Zhang would be favored on the lamos yeah i would think so mm -hmm. the one that i think would beat them all if she ever can come back to is tatiana suarez but i don't know if she's ever gonna get to fight again yeah, we talk about so, that a lot, you and I, don't we? It's it's, it's a real shame what happened because it's really just like her bodies just can't cooperate mm -hmm. with her with the fact that she's she is this incredible talent, I think, and, and we'll never really get to to know mm -hmm. the, even if she makes it back, like we'll never know what she could have been. Yeah, you know, even if she makes it to the championship, it's like man, she could have had even more. But who knows? That's I'm sure she's got bigger battles going on than than that, right? Mm. But uh, outside of the title fights, Dustin Poirier. Getting the job done in in what was obviously, I think everyone predicted too, this was going to be the fight of the night. Fulfilled that. I don't know if it's like fight of the year the way Chandler versus Gaethje was last year, at least for me. It was a fantastic fight. We've had some amazing fights this year too. This was a great fight, but it wasn't quite at that level, I don't think. Round one might be like a, a round of the year contender. Oh, so, yeah, so, that, that's entirely possible. Though we've had some really good entries in that category, too. I think of uh, Terrence McKinney and Drew Dober. Yep. That stands that's out. That's a good one. I know there's, there was a couple. I, I'm yeah. going to have to go, actually, I'm going to have to go over that for the uh, MMAJA yeah. awards committee soon. Suma Dergy and Matt Schnell. Yes. That was really good. That was, that was wild, too. Um, good thing I went upstairs for uh, an athlete who never made it back there at that, for that round. Missed that one live. <laughs> <laughs> that is not the athlete's fault. That is not the athlete's fault. I do not blame that athlete. And I'm not going to name the athlete, but nonetheless, <laughs> not the athlete's fault. Any hooser. Um, in relation to Dustin Poirier, though, do you think he, uh, he has much more work to do to get another chance at the title? Or do you think maybe, you know, once once they sort out what was announced, which is, of course, Alexander Volkanovsky moving up, he's going to fight Islam Makachev in February for the title. Once that's cleared up, does Dustin Poirier get that shot? No, I I, I think Darius deserves the first crack after that. Does um, Darius need to win another fight though? Does I didn't, he need to I didn't fight think Poirier? That's well that uh Habib uh recommended that be on the same card and I agree with it. Oh, him. I imagine. Poirier <laughs> Poirier and Darius title eliminator on the same card as Makachev and Volkanovsky. Yeah, that sounds about right. So for Khabib to to try and match make around his buddy. Mm -hmm. 
So <laughs> that would be good. And then set up a, a fight probably in July, the way the way things go. I, I'm torn because I, I don't like the idea of Darius not getting his chance because realistically he's done enough that he probably ought to be getting there. And and you know, we've had the same carousel of top contenders kind of getting these shots. And that's not a knock on Dustin Poirier. It's just, he's, he's amazing, but also, you know, maybe it is time for a little bit of fresh blood to get in there. Who's quite deserving too. But yeah, I, I do kind of like the idea ultimately mm-hmm. of Poirier and Darius. All right. I don't know when they're going to do that. I don't know. I'm when I spoke to Dustin a couple weeks ago, you know, he was off for 11 months. He didn't want to be off for 11 months. He wanted to fight. He just, he didn't really know why he wasn't getting a fight. Yeah, just put, put him on, on the card with uh, Makachev and Volkanovski. That is three months away. Is he going to want to turn it around that quick? I don't know. Yeah, he but should. we'll see. He should. <laughs> well, that's what you say always. Um, is Michael Chandler done as a championship contender? That's that's the question I have about him. Well, here's the thing. For now, he's done. Uh, okay. 155, tough division. A lot of, uh, it's just stacked, really. I don't know how many more wars Chandler can withstand. Um, but he's a but guy. That's the thing. That's he's a, a guy. I will equation. never count him out. So I don't know. I think it's because of these wars that you got to start wondering if he can get back there. Like, who's he gonna? Who's he gonna fight? And then that catapult him back into the the mix. I know. Look, the UFC loves him. I get it. I, I kind of know what you're saying, but man, I I don't know if that's gonna be enough, dude. I think he's he's chasing that Conor fight hardcore. Like, at pretty much any chance he gets, he throws out the idea of fighting Conor McGregor. He knows where the money is. He he's not he's not a dummy. He knows well, yeah, he can make he, a lot of money. Well, he knows he can make that fight big too. Well, Dustin knew the the Conor fight was worth more than the the title fight. So sure, sure, absolutely. But Chandler in particular is, I mean, he is not being shy about the fact that he really wants this fight to get made. Yeah, well, you know, how many more big money Conor fights are there? Uh, with with uh, with Nate Diaz gone, that eliminates one. Like, I think Michael Chandler's the only Conor fight that people would, like, be super, super interested in. I think that's unless, the one that would make sense as a comeback fight. Unless yeah, I would agree. somehow he gets to fight uh, Makachev, and then that would be huge. God, I... I don't but I'm just that saying world. that the... I don't want to live in that world, man. That's not where I want to be. <laughs> I think I'll like I it. think he's losing his luster. He's got to win some fights at some point, right? Well, I was talking to uh, an Irish uh, journalist the other day, and, and he was saying that you know, to to a degree, the the profile of Connor is is it's not the same as it was. Mm. The longer he stays out, that's only going to change. That's it's going to get even more so. Okay. So he, he may want to if he really does want to fight again. Like there's probably always going to be an interest in him, but like the farther you get away, it's like the people, people will move on, you know. Yeah, it's like and well, John Jones at, was mentioned again. Can he even fight at 55 anymore? He'll probably fight at 170 anyway. Now that he's been getting swole while not being tested by Usada. Yeah, what are you gonna do? Yeah, I who knows why. Yeah, who knows what his methods are? But you know, just those two facts are together. And we'll leave it at that. Proper 12. Um, What's oh prop yeah, yeah he's bringing a lot of proper twelve, yeah. and that's what's giving him all these jacked up, um, yeah. unnatural musculature. Gotcha. I wouldn't know. I don't drink so. Um, but the uh, the last one I have for you, sir, before we get into our contested rounds is and, and you know I couldn't think of anything I wanted to talk about with Frankie Edgar that involved this weekend because I kind it just you know the unfortunate way of sad closing. careers coming to an end in combat sports is the way this played out. Con, you know, Frankie took the knee; it mm. was over. Um, the chin is obviously gone. You, you hope that the effects aren't going to really inhibit him going forward because he's taken a lot of punishment in almost eight hours of UFC cage time. But my question for you is this, sir. Other than Frankie versus Grey Mater number two, which is, I think, probably the iconic Frankie Edgar fight. Like, I think that one yeah. goes without saying. That's number one. Other than that, what is your favorite Frankie Edgar fight? Well, I mean, I love Maynard three because, you know, at the time I wasn't really a big Maynard fan. Uh, mm-hmm. The Benson fights were great. We watched. I think we watched both together. I believe. We uh, did. The first Cub Swanson fight was one of the best performances Frankie's ever put on. But probably my favorite was when he beat Sean Shirk because I am very far from a Sean Shirk guy. <laughs> so I, I loved seeing that. Well, that was his coming out party, too. So obviously mm-hmm. there was like a there's an element to that. Where it was kind of like, man, look at this guy. He 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 really emerged as something else. But granted, you know, if I don't know if you remember his fight against Tyson Griffin, his mm-hmm. UFC debut, but like that was a wild fight too. And and that was like everyone thought Tyson Griffin was like a thing. Mm-hmm. 
And then Frankie comes in and he wins that fight. It's like, man, this, this guy is something. Yeah. And he obviously proved himself to be something very special in this sport. But I think the the fight other than than that fight that stands out, the, the other than the Maynard fight. And I'm actually going to leave the Maynard uh, series altogether alone entirely. Although I do love um, the third fight as well. That one, that one's fantastic. I'll give you one. Him versus Yair Rodriguez. Okay. A, a total domination of of just like someone who obviously he was still a prospect at this point. Yair he right. wasn't quite at the level I think a lot of people would like him to have been at that point, but he just destroyed Yair <laughs> Rodriguez. This was that was kind of the last time Frankie was like really Frankie. Okay, because it was right after that where he started getting knocked out. He like in the in the fight after that he got knocked out by uh, Brian Ortega. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple of years or a year and a half later, it was Chan Sung Jung. And then, you know, we had three knockouts in the last two years. So, yeah, before that, that fight, he was like that was like the last vestige of Frankie being like this dominant force. who wasn't quite the champion. He, he wasn't quite at Jose's level. He was there, but he was he was definitely the B to the A. Mm-hmm. Um, And and that was that's kind of like y- you want to remember that, right? Yeah. So that's where I'm at. But having said that. We have to point out the fact that there just weren't a ton of rounds that needed to be scored on this uh, this event here. No, they sir. We had good judging, good finishes. We had three decisions, and we had seven first round finishes. That's a good uh, good combo for not a lot of rounds. I believe seven ties the record for most first round finishes in a UFC. Yeah, that's what they were saying. So that's uh, that obviously makes it there's seven fights out of uh, out of how many was it? Uh, uh, 14. So half of them didn't need to be scored at all. Made it a lot easier. But we do have four contested rounds, none of which were on the pay-per-view card, <laughs> which I, that's got to be a first for us. Yeah, that is. It's... I can't remember another time that we've done this show and none of the rounds that we were going to talk about were from the pay-per-view. <laughs> I, I thought there was a decent chance that we would at least be talking about round one of uh, Dustin Poirier and Michael Chandler, because that was that was a round that obviously Michael Chandler was winning pretty handily for about four minutes and 15 right, seconds. Yeah. And then Dustin just cracks him and, and the whole round changes. And Chandler is most definitely hurt mm-hmm. to a high degree. Yeah. To the point where, yes, that's where you start to say, OK, he stole the round. You don't steal it on a takedown. You steal it on high, high damage at the end. Yeah. And not just not just one strike, but in in a big a, a bunch way. of them. Yeah. In a bunch of them, and and he was really hurt considerably for a while. Similar almost to actually, well, in a different way. Uh, and I know I know I'm delaying getting into contested rounds, but think of the first round of Adesanya and Pereira. Yeah. The way that round was going for, and this was for four minutes and like 55 seconds. It was, I thought it was a really close round. It was I very you close. Could've, you could have gone either way. I think Pajera might have been where I was kind of leaning up to that point. Mm-hmm. And then Adesanya just cracks him and and, Adesanya, and uh, Pajera is most definitely hurt. Very visibly hurt. It It's not after the bell. You can see it in that moment. He is hurt. Yeah, he was and hurt. I think that is where all the judges probably flipped on. If I was, uh, you know, at if least they weren't already going that way. Yeah, I agree. Um, when I was sitting cage side, though, I didn't have a, a a very strong angle at even seeing how hurt Pajero was. So as I'm watching this fight, I thought, oh, round one was pretty close. Okay. But I was talking with uh, with somebody about it today, and then I was, and you know, I knew I, everyone was asking all the questions about, oh, if you had a few more seconds, da 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 da. But I watched it myself again today and I was like, oh yeah, that's a that's an easy round. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But anyway, so let's let's get to these contested rounds, the ones that actually were contested, sir. And let's start with this was this was the only fight that anyone was really talking about from a judging standpoint. It was for a different reason than the score the scores of each round themselves. We'll get to that in a moment. But let's start with the two contested rounds in Carolina Kovalkevich against Silvana Gomez Juarez, which uh Kovalkevich won. On 29-28 all across. But again, there's two rounds split here. So one judge flipped on two rounds. Yeah, it's a really close round. They're, they're both primarily throwing jabs. This is round two, right? Yeah. Yes, round two. We'll uh, start with round two. Yeah, it, it's a really close round. They're both, like I said, just throwing jabs that are, that are missing. Uh, it takes a while before anyone actually really connects. I think Kovalkiewicz, uh landed better early, but as the round progresses, 
Gomez Juarez is finding a home for a right a few times. I think it's really close. I got no qualms either way, but I'm scoring it for Gomez. I think she had a tad more impact on her strikes. 10-9. Yeah, that was my thinking too. It's it's, it's a very tough one because they, they did get very active in this round. Um, and anytime you have that and you, you know, you're not throwing as much power at this weight class than you, as you can, maybe at some other weight classes, it does get tough. We've, we talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Um, but having said that, I think you, you can detect the power difference here. And I think Gomez Juarez is the one who's landing it too. So I'm with you. I saw for her 10, nine, we were united with, uh, judges, Mike Bell and Sal D'Amato. It was Dave Torelli who saw this one for Kovalkiewicz again, close. I, I, I could understand why, especially, from your vantage point, maybe you're seeing things just a little differently. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy, easy to see both sides here. And round three, though, another close round. Yes, another close round. Gomez Suarez comes out this round pretty aggressive here. Uh, she's landing a bit more than the last round. I think both women actually found their range uh, in this round. In round two, they were completely out of their range they were they were they were missing by a mile it seemed early i think they were having trouble getting on, on track because the first round was was you know kind of more yeah. on the mat yep so it appears gomez suarez is landing some decent shots but there's like little reaction to them not not changing kovacavich offense and i think the more effective offense is on kovacavich side plus she lands a left hand that puts gomez suarez on the mat i'm not saying it's 100 percent the reason she went down but uh I'm thinking that punch was the main cause. I don't really see a trip. Again, really close round, 10-9 Kovacavich. Yeah, I went the other way. Uh, I did see this one for Gomez Juarez, but yeah, super close for all the reasons you kind of outlined. I, I I think I can understand what you're saying there as, as maybe the she's reacting a little bit differently. I, I didn't quite see it the same degree. Maybe you did, so that's why I stuck with Gomez Juarez. But yeah, close. This is a super close fight. Yeah. Definitely one of those fights that you understand. If it went one or the other, all three judges ended up. Uh, um, and by the way, I had it as the uh, same as Judge Torelli did. You had it the same as Judges Bell and D'Amato. So I ended up being the only one of us five, the three judges and you and I, who saw the fight for Gomez Juarez. But super close. I'm in no way offended that it went the other way. Mm. All right. But a lot of people had some questions about what was going on <laughs> between the end of the third round and the announcement of the totally mundane all three judges 2928 for because mm-hmm. you see a commission official coming out into the cage just as buff standing there he's got his he's got his little scorecards kind of comes in and just like takes the card right out of buff's hand and starts trying to like no 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 we got to we got to make a correction here and he's like trying to like write it on his knee or something like that and all of a sudden he ends up holding it up against the cage and we all see he's making these changes to the scorecards. And we're, and everyone's like, what's going on? Now, I was I was still trying to set up at the arena at this point. I'm like still trying to dry off and everything. So I am uh, I'm, I'm kind of catching up on a lot of this later, on, you know, today and then later in the evening as well, trying to figure out some questions. But yeah, it was it was a weird scene, to say the least. We don't see that a whole lot. What were you thinking as you're watching this? I saw this one late. But yeah, when okay, I, when I first saw it, I said, oh, wow, they're. They're allowing the camera to zoom right in on on it here. Typically, they would kind of try to keep that hidden, I would think. Uh, yeah, you would think so, so but I mean, it was probably too hard to tell which name was which. I mean, yeah, we see no, yeah, I, I, yeah, I couldn't read it off of than it, other but, people do. So, yeah, and I, I, interesting situation, but they got it right. I mean, they corrected it before they ultimately anything got happened, it. So. And and the explanation, uh, as shared by MMA fighting Stephen Morocco, was that, and this, and I can corroborate this too from speaking with people as well, that uh, a NISAC commissions this is his tweet Morocco's tweet a NISAC commission source tells me the scores were accidentally reversed by the scorekeeper the one who tallies the judges scores and Bruce Buffer grabbed the sheet before it could be corrected so sounds like Buff got a little too yeah, come on Buff yeah <laughs> like they, it, you know what the, the judges they enter their enter their score onto a, a iPad or a, a tablet yes so you would think that the score would populate over to like a the scorekeeper's tablet if he has one i don't know but i would think he did it should you, be you know easy. logic doesn't always come into play yeah what are you gonna do <laughs> um but it, it did seem like it was taking a little bit of time even up to that point for that to get out and so i don't know if maybe there was just a delay and they were having an issue or something like that 
maybe it was computer related issue. Maybe it they had be. to do things by hand because of something computer related, right? That could be. Uh, it could be a lot of things, but yeah, who knows? I, I I don't know. Whatever. I mean, what? It's ultimately a non-story, but everyone's sitting there like, what is going on? And and of course, anytime it's related to judging and scoring, everyone just goes bonkers. Yeah. Why? Why wouldn't you just go bonkers regarding that? It's easy. Just flip out. You would have. <laughs> Dan Urban three years ago would have flipped out. Let's go four. Four? All right, four. Let's go four years. All right, all right. You want, you want to say in the lead up to us starting the show, you you might have been a little different? Yeah. Okay. All right. What changed? What changed in three, four years ago? Learning. All right. The more you know. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Let's move on, though. I think we've covered that enough. But yeah, we've got two more rounds, like I said. Uh, one in the second fight of the night, Montel Jackson. Got the win over Queen's uh, product, Julio Arce. It was 30-27 twice and a 29-28. So we're only talking about round one here as the splits. What did you see, sir? Yeah, so Jackson basically almost immediately goes for a takedown. They clinch against the cage, stay there for quite some time, uh, exchanges some little punches, some some decent knees from Jackson to the body, uh, and then uh, referee Mark Goddard resets them. And from there, I think it's pretty even on the feet, maybe slightly in favor of Arce, but not enough to negate uh, what Jackson did in the clinch. And then he, uh, Arce does get a decent slam in the final three seconds, but I think it's Jackson, 10-9. Yeah, I agree with you. It's kind of like a round where like a lot of things happen, but nothing happened. Yeah. You know, and but it just felt like, I guess, Jackson did less nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm trying yeah, to say. Yeah, I suppose. You know, it's... It, he was he was more effective on the whole. That's what we're looking yep. for, right? Mm-hmm. The more effective fighter, he was the more effective fighter over the course of five minutes. I think it's pretty simple as that. Um, close fight though, yeah. close round. <laughs> not not the one like I say, like I always say, you don't you don't want to die on this hill. No. So I I had it the same as you. I had it for Jackson ten nine. Judges Brian Miner and Salvamato saw it the same way as you and I, and it was uh, Doug Crosby who saw this one for Arce. No problem. Yeah, no issues. It's there's just not a lot of we didn't have a lot of impactful rounds in this fight or in uh, in this evening as well. It was really just the Kovalkiewicz fight. And then this, you know, we just covered that round. The final round that we will talk about from a contested round standpoint, Andre Petrosky got the win over Wellington Terman 30-27 twice and a 29-28. Round one is our only split round. Once again, what happened? Uh, This was a fun round. They're both slugging it out. I think Petrosky's landing with heavier impact and more effect. Uh, I think he's getting better reactions. Terman's getting some immediate swelling around his left eye. Uh, he, but he's still landing some solid shots of his own. It's really close, and it's made even closer by Terman's elbows to close out the round while he's sitting on his back against the fence uh, defending the grappling of Petrosky as the round ends. But uh, 10-9 Petrosky, no issues the other way, though. Yeah, I felt pretty good about giving this one to Petrosky, but yeah, it, it's not one I'm again really up in arms about or anything either. But I, I, I would say of these four rounds we're discussing here, this is the one I felt like the most comfortable with my score. Okay, being one way or the other. But again, that's not to say that you couldn't give this one to Terman. You, you outlined a lot of reasons why it would make sense. So, but nonetheless, I agree with you. Ten nine Petrosky. We agreed with judges Doug Crosby and Dave Torelli. And it was Brian Miner who was uh, the out judge seeing this one for Terman. All right. Good to see Makes Brian Miner. to me. What's that? Good to see Brian Miner. You know, that a lot of the judges me. walked by and, you know, we, we'd met a lot of people when we were up in Niagara as well. So mm-hmm. it was nice to see, say hello to everybody. I gave some fist bumps and, yep. and, and things. Saw some people. Yep. Um, I did not see Brian Miner. He actually never crossed, uh, in, at least in front of me where I was sitting mm. at the, uh, and I got, you know, we got to see each other in the Niagara uh conference that was nice to you know that's the really great thing about when we went to to niagara we really we got to kind of meet a lot of the officials that you know we discuss on this show right yeah um but yeah i didn't see him i I mean i knew he was there but i did not actually see him cross by maybe he was on the other side of the cage a lot i don't know could be but you you did get a you got a thumbs up from sly so i did that's true sylvester stallone was walking by he was, you know, interacting with the crowd and I I kind of just like saw him and I he was he was like looking at people, right? And I look up and I just give him like a little, you know, give him a nod, you know. And he looks at me and he's like, gives me a little thumbs up. I'm like, all right, that's cool. And then you found that tweet where yeah. <laughs> I couldn't believe there was a video of him giving me a thumbs up. 
<laughs> you know what? You can't see me in it, but like I had described what was happening, and then all of a sudden I got the video for it too. So I'm like, that's mine. I own that. <laughs> Rocky himself, right? Yep. Now the uh, Tulsa King. The Tulsa guy. Yeah, I, I, it's a show, right? Is that what's coming? Yeah, or it just it started. I don't know. Started yesterday know. or something. I don't know. I mean, I I heard the announcements, and but like you know, I was I was in the arena, so I didn't see all the commercials you guys did. Yeah. So you probably saw a commercial for it. I did. I did. So a lot of yeah, I mean, that was a wild event, though. I mean, I was. Did I tell you when I left the arena? Um. Well, I got a text message from you at like four thirty. Yeah, that was when I walked so, in the door of my house. Oh, okay. Yeah, I left the arena at three. It was like three thirty-five or so when Alex Pajero was done with his media time. Okay. And it was around like not long before he came out, I realized that my last bus out of town until 6 a.m. was at 4 a.m. So I said, well, <laughs> I'm going to try and catch that. Yeah, that'd be so, a good one to be on. So, I, I mean, look, if, if push came to shove, if I was going to miss it, I would probably have just taken an Uber and then like, you know, maybe expensed it and said, yeah, you guys can pay for that to, to, my, to my work. Uh, that that's a viable use of of company expenses, you know. Yeah, I think um, so. <laughs> it's better. It's better than asking them to pay for a hotel for me to sleep in for three hours. <laughs> oh man. Um, but yes, yeah, so nonetheless, I I ended up getting out of there. I sprinted down out of the out of the arena. Got out. I I never go out the right way. This time I went out the right way, so it made it a lot easier for me to get over to to Port Authority get that's my bus. Good. And you know, I was sprinted like half the way. And okay. then I realized I was making excellent time. So I'm like, eh, I can just walk from here. All right. But it was brisk walk. No, yeah, know, it, was, it gets colorful at 430. At it's night, a New York walk. 330 at night in New York. Yeah. We're not strolling. You just don't linger. Is, yeah. Is kind of the deal. You know, at least not when you're by yourself carrying a backpack. Yeah, and at that point, don't you don't have to wait for the thing to tell you it's OK to cross. I never do. You I just, just go when just I know go. I'm safe. Yeah. I, I know how it works. It's yeah. OK. You don't get ticketed for jaywalking in New York City. It's probably not even a thing. Uh, it, maybe it's not. Pretty much the city just smells like marijuana all the time. Anyway, so I'm not even ticketing <laughs> for that at this point. But nonetheless, I, we already talked about the fact that there were 11 finishes. The mm-hmm. 11 is the actual number of finishes, um, seven of which ended in the first round. Seven were TKOs, four by submission. We had a lot of choices, sir. What was your favorite choice? Well, my my favorite was Hanato Moicano. He he looked fantastic. He he. He destroyed Brad Riddell, and then he choked him. Uh, that choke was right in front of the – that was at the panel that I had the best view okay. of. So that was really – I had a good view of that. Like, Brad Riddell was, like, in that point. He's like, you got this choke. I'm not even going to defend it. Like, just choke me so it's more respectable and I'll tap. <laughs> That's kind of what it was. It's like, you got it. I'm, I know you got it. Just, you know, sink it in a little deeper. That's uh, another fight I should watch uh, from home and, and see how different it looks. And then that, that post-fight interview. Moicano's my guy now. <laughs> money moicano money moicano i want you to find more guys that's my to, guy i feel like i feel like a lot of the sport is leaving you behind but i it's don't want trying you to no i know i'm moicano wants me to stay who are some of your other guys you must have other guys is it just moicano i'm, on a, I'm, a bo I'm talking about like new guys bo nickel okay you're just yeah. jumping into the bo nickel train bo nickel is gonna beat petrosky when they fight Okay. Because that's what Petrosky wants, but and Bo Nickel's going to be he probably shouldn't have wanted that. <laughs> I um, guess we'll see, right? But what is your finish? I I left this one for you because I, I figured you would, you would like this one. You thought I was going to pick this one? Yes. Huh. Okay. All right. Were you, would you have picked it? If you didn't pick this, I probably would have switched. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, the, the, the mystery fight that we're talking about is uh, Aaron Blanchfield getting the the win over Molly McCann via Kimura. We watched her very quickly get the fight to the ground from side control all the way into the crucifix, which she just used to destroy Molly McCann for a while, but not to a degree that I think we were, I don't think anybody was sitting there saying, oh, stop the fight. She's taking uh, too much hey, damage. No, listen to this. I want to hear this. I watched the post fight with John, okay. with John Anik on the panel. And he said he was he was taken aback by uh, referee um, uh, Kevin McDonald not getting closer, ready to stop it in that situation. He said, "I wonder if he was more taken aback by the idea that he wasn't like right there." That's what it was. Yeah, he was. He said, "You, I didn't like the fact that he wasn't up there." Given warnings, you know, that he's going to get close. But I'm like, these so his warnings... argument was more about the position rather than more the actual his... idea of stopping it or not. Right. Yes. More more okay. about being in the position to stop it in case it gets bad. 
I see. That's what that's what Anik was upset. I was like, oh, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, I, I thought it was fine. Yeah. I would disagree. I don't see any problem with it. Like, yeah. it, it's not like there was going to be the one bomb that was going to land from because the, there's only so much leverage she can really create from that position to begin with. You know? Yeah. There wasn't going to be the one shot that was going to put her out. Right, but I mean, like at they, some point, were, if she's not defending well and the, the shots are getting hard enough, you can't stop it. Of yeah, course, they were adding up. It's, yeah, they were. Yeah. They were. They so, were. But I, I was personally, I was okay with the stoppage from my vantage point, as far as like or the non-stoppage, I should say. Awesome. She switches. Nonetheless, she switches over to the uh, the Kimura, and she gets it behind her back, and I'm like, oh, that thing is tight. But like, I, I even said, like, man, she's got to get the leg over. I don't think it's actually going to mm. work out. And then she tries to get the leg over. Molly def Molly defends it to her credit. That was a really good defense of that. It was like total desperation, like keeping the uh, mm -hmm. the leg from stepping over. Aaron abandons it and she gets it again. But this time she's got the leg over like before she really starts to crank. And it's like already over before it's begun. Scott, there was like a minute and a half left in the round. That was trending 10-7 for sure, I think. Maybe, maybe. I think 100%. I think we would have got at least one maybe. I I'm not bold enough to say that we would have actually I, gotten it. If, if it continued with that, where she just kept elbowing her from the crucifix and landed 200 strikes. She was at like 111 strikes landed. At I'm going to look point. it up. Do you remember so, offhand who the judges were for that one? I believe it was Sal D'Amato, Mike Bell, and Dave Torelli. It was. You were right. I just looked that up too. I mean, I was quizzing you. No, oh, thank you. It up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I could see... A scenario where a 10 sevens comes into play. I don't know, but the, when do you pull the card? It's really hard. Well, it was it was a total beatdown. Yeah, total outclassing. I think there was over. Sure. I think there was overwhelming all three Ds, and that's why it was finished. Overwhelming because, is what you look for, right? Yeah. yeah. So the question is, it took almost a minute for the fight to get down there, and there was at least a little bit of competitiveness on the feet before that. Is that not overwhelming? I don't know. I mean, that's in the moment. Oh, from does the judge do it or not? You know, in it's mm. it's one thing to talk about it, but then in the moment, do they do it or not? Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. It's tricky. We, we can't see. I can't even say we'll see because we no, can't. We'll see. never see it. <laughs> but but when we saw when I saw how much time was on the clock and she had that uh had the Kimura on the first time, I'm like, yeah, she's she's did, gonna win this. Did fight. you get to watch it's it? Totally over. Did you get to watch it, or you or you only saw what you saw in the arena? Oh, did you mean did I rewatch oh, it today yeah. at home? I did rewatch it. Oh, okay. Because Joe, Joe Rogan was like pleading with her. He's like, he's like, oh, that's right. At the end, he's tap, like, please, please, please tap. tap. Yeah, I meant to mention that too. Yeah. The, <laughs> he was all worried about the, the spiral fractures. Yeah. Rightfully so. Yeah. Um. Absolutely. I mean, you don't want someone to be just too. Don't say, don't just say you got to break it. It's not a title fight, lady. You, you know, and, and mm. granted, she didn't do that. You know, so she was yeah. smart. She tapped. Yeah. I, I don't mean to like sound like I'm critical of Molly McCann. She did what she was supposed to do. She fought it off. When she was able to defend it, when she couldn't anymore, she tapped. Mm -hmm. I think she handled it the way you would want to handle it yep. in the in the smartest, uh, most able way she could. But great, great performance from Aaron Blanchfield. I thought it was a real shame that someone who was from North Jersey, like literally 25 minutes away from the city, like got yeah. booed pretty heavily at the garden. At that Molly's Molly's got a huge following. I get it. So... I get it. But man, come on, New York. <laughs> You gotta step it up. I know, I know it's Jersey, but like it's still our people. You know, we're all, we're all one people around here. Mm. I didn't like that, but you know what? <laughs> she got the job done, right? Yeah. Jersey represent. North Jersey represent. South Jersey, <laughs> whatever. South Jersey sucks. <laughs> wow. Except for Frankie. Okay. Yeah, but he was. You know where he was born? Where was he born? Oh, Summit, I did hear. Jersey. Yeah. yeah. Jersey North City. Jersey. Yeah. No, no, no. Summit. Oh, he was born in Summit. 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 Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. I think that wraps up UFC 281. It does. It does. It was a fantastic card, but we will have to move on because we've got a couple fight cards this weekend, Friday and Saturday. Yep. Uh, and, and actually, there's a one card as well uh, on Saturday night, but we're not really going to talk about that much because, uh, well, the judging there works way differently. And yeah. The, like just just so, different. Just different. It's super, super freaking different. Anyway, <laughs> Bellator 288. Friday night of the two cards. This is definitely the better card to me, at least the on the main card. Yeah, I think so. With, sure. Without question, uh, Vadim Nevkov, Corey Anderson, round two or fight two, I should say, mm -hmm. uh, because the last time they tried this, it, you know, it ended in no contest and an unfortunate no contest. 
in a fight that looked yeah. like it was kind of going Corey Anderson's way. Yeah, Corey Anderson was was it was taken over a little bit. But you know, I I spoke with Corey last week, and I mean, he acknowledges like, look, it's, it's a different fight now. Like you know, I'm gonna adjust tactics, and he's gonna adjust tactics, and yes, we'll see. But I think he feel he must feel very confident about the way things went in the last time. And how much of that can probably carry into mm-hmm. the next fight. So, um, but this, of course, is the it's not just the light heavyweight title for Bellator that's up for grabs. It is the Bellator light heavyweight Grand Prix final. Yes. Yeah, so and the million dollars. dollar prize that's up for grabs. This is easily the biggest stakes fight of the weekend, like by a mile. Yep. So I'm excited for this one. I'm, I'm excited to see. Yeah, yeah, I am. Too. I want to see if Nemkov can really adjust because I thought that he was like the better fighter going into that. And he definitely I don't feel that way anymore. Yeah, I, I, I'm I, leaning Corey Anderson here. But uh, if Nemkov can make the the right adjustments based on the the way the first fight was going, who knows? We'll say we'll say that's what I liked about it. That's why I'm looking forward to watching it. And then uh, the other title fight, because there's two Bellator title fights here, is Patricky Pitfull. The lightweight champion defending his belt against Usman Nurmagomedov. Uh, yeah, I mean that guy probably never gonna lose. <laughs> well, I mean, Usman lost once. Nurmagomedov did not. I know, but the the combination of the two is is. I know, I know, it's deadly. scary. It's scary. <laughs> no, it's. I, I mean, I, I God, I had the opportunity. Uh, I didn't get the chance to do it just because I was so, um, I guess, over encumbered by my UFC 281 coverage, but I was I was given the chance to potentially have some time with Usman uh, last week, and it just didn't work out, so it was too bad. But I'm looking forward to seeing how he measures up against, you know, ostensibly the best lightweight on the Bellator roster. Yeah, it, it should be a good fight. Let's hope. Because this is a card I'm actually going to watch, so. I don't I don't think this one will disappoint. But no, I, Well, Pitbull's usually, oh, both Pitbulls are usually in good fights, so. Oh, for sure, for sure. So. This one's in Illinois. Good old Chicago. I imagine it will largely be the same type of judges that Bellator tends to bring in whenever they travel. Um, you know, guys who work at Mohegan Sun frequently. So, you know, maybe the Eric Colognes and, and uh, you know, kind of the other Northeast-based people. Doug Crosby might be there. You know, I'm, I'm speculating, but I, I think those are the type of people I would expect to end up there. You know, would would Saldamato go there? Would he go to uh, Las Vegas? Who knows? Ron McCarthy. All these people, it's going to be a good mix of people at both this one and the uh, the UFC card the next night in Las Vegas. Um, Who's to say? Before, before, before we before we go to that real quick, is there anything else on the Bellator card you were looking forward to? I don't know if I'm really looking forward to it. Just another matchup that stood out is Daniel Veitchel and uh, Timur Kiznev. Kiznev's okay. uh, undefeated. I think it's an interesting matchup there. I, I like what Bellator has done in signing some real interesting prospects, especially from, uh, you know, that region of the world, you know, East, East, uh, Eastern Europe, Western Asia. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm, I'm curious to see how Kiznev does here because, uh, you know, he could get end up being not too far off of fighting for the uh, the title, too, if he goes on a good run. For sure. But they've got some good talent, good young talent in Bellator. It's worth keeping an eye on uh, a lot of the talent they have there. Us- Usman Nurmagomedov being one of them, of course. Mm-hmm. One of the bright, probably the brightest. Um, yeah. Um, it, it goes with the name, right? <laughs> <laughs> yep. But, but yeah, so over on UFC, the following night, headlined by Derek Lewis and Sergey Spivak at heavyweight. Do you like this one? What What do you think I mean, about I mean, this D- one? Derek Lewis is always entertaining as long sure. as, you know, he doesn't get tired or get taken down. Yeah, but even uh, at that, if he loses and gets on the mic, he's still entertaining. That's true, too. He's, he's an entertaining guy. Mm-hmm. So he, he's just... When he's around, everything's just kind of more fun and lighthearted, it seems. So well said. I like it. All right. Do you give Spivak a chance? Yeah, give him a chance. Yeah. All right. Everyone's got like a cursory it's chance, or just it, like a it's heavyweight. It's heavyweight. It's heavyweight. Yeah, it's heavyweight. Everyone's Literally got a anything chance. can happen. Gotcha. Um, we already talked about the judges potentially. You know, who knows what we'll get? I'm sure the elite level at both sides. So, um, other fights on the card that I. What else are you looking forward to? I love this kid, Jack Della Madalena. He's gonna be one of my guys. He's, um, oh, I just, so? you know, I'll put him on the roster now. Okay. Yeah, he can be one of my. I want you to build a roster like mm-hmm. by the end of the year. I okay. want five fighters on this roster. Five guys okay. that you have, and if you can't get five, then you have to quit the show. <laughs> All right. All right. Fair. <laughs> uh, him and Danny Roberts. That'll be a good fight. Yeah. So I, I like that fight. Uh, Adolfo Vieira versus Cody Brundage. I like that fight. I'm always interested when Vieira is on the card. I, he's just he's just too fascinating, even though I don't think he it doesn't seem like he's necessarily got this upward trajectory that's going to get too far. Mm-mm. 
in the sport, but he he's too fascinating because of obviously his, his uh, standout grappling. Yep, I, I he was almost kind of one of my guys, but I don't know if he's going to be around that long in the sport. He very well may not. So he's a little older, right? Well, he had such a long jujitsu career, and now now he's trans uh, coming over to MMA. I don't know. I think it's more to see. Oh, he's thirty three. He's to, he's younger than I thought. To be determined. He's he's much younger than I thought, but you know. I, I feel like we just haven't seen a lot of evolution from him yet. Yeah, I, I think so much muscle. He, like, could, he could do so much just, better at 205, I think. Yeah, maybe. But his body type in general is just isn't the greatest body type for MMA. I don't know. Tyron Woodley have a little did bit some, more lithe on you. Tyron Woodley did, did pretty muzzled. good. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> even at that, he was very limited in a lot of ways, too. Mm, I guess. He had, he had this explosion, but he only had it in spurts. And then a lot of the times he wasn't doing anything. And okay. then as he got older, he just wasn't doing anything. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Um, the, the only other fight that I wanted to make sure I singled out, not that I think this is a bad card, but like, let's face it, it's a come down from the previous one by like a country mile. Um, and it doesn't even stand out compared to the Bellator card this weekend. I do like the coat. Like, I think it's the co-main event. Uh, it looks like it's listed as such right now. Uh, you want Kute Laba and Kennedy and Zechaku. Yeah, that's a good one. Kutalaba is just—he's just—he's a, a nutcase in yeah. like the best way for the sport. I, I don't mean that to be an insult, but he's just like he goes in there and is just like almost like a psycho. He just wants to kill. Yeah, I wonder if they're going to put the security in the ring during introductions to keep him away from attacking. Probably should. Yeah, they should probably do that for him like every time. <laughs> there should be like a, a an Ewan plan yeah. that they just bring out every time he's on the card. It's like, how about we just put people in front? Let's, let's pretend he. Hopefully, he doesn't pretend he's knocked out again. <laughs> yeah, I th- hopefully he learned that lesson yeah. <laughs> uh, but that'll be that'll be a fun fight too hopefully it you know goes the way i think probably you and i are both hoping which is maybe it doesn't end up being one that we're talking about the decision later on yeah but that is uh hey you know what actually real quick i did want to ask you i don't know if you had any thoughts on this or if you just want me to give my thoughts if we were to pick one fight from this card that we expect to go the distance and be a fight that we're going to be talking about judging wise what do you think it is let me pull it up the full card then sure sure i'll tell you while you while you're doing that i'll actually make my pick my pick would be um jennifer maya against marina morose at women's flyweight yeah you got that one the, seems uh, to have the makings of it you got yeah jennifer maya seems to always be in those kind of close fights too plus the division you got the statistics on your side with that one yep that's my thinking but i'm gonna go with Maria Oliveira and Vanessa Demopoulos at 115. Yeah, that makes sense. If I was to pick a, let's say, because we both picked women's fights, if I was mm-hmm. to pick a men's fight, I would say, actually, the way this is lining up, I feel like we're going to have a lot of rounds we're talking about. <laughs> I just feel like we're going to be up for, it's going to be a much different show next week than this week. Uh, I'm going to say Charles Johnson and Zalga Sumagulov. Okay, yeah, I could see that. I, I could see that. I one. was thinking Miles Johns and Vince Morales. At, honestly, like I said, a lot of these could go. Like so, we got, Sherman yeah. versus Waldo Cortez Acosta could certainly be that too. The heavyweight fight, guys, and that in the first. <laughs> Always, it should just be scheduled one round. We we know this. <laughs> all right, that does it for this episode. We'll be back again on Monday to break down all the interesting rounds from Bellator and the UFC. Probably a lot of rounds, as it seems. Oh. Hopefully not an insane amount, but we'll see. We'll see what we end up with. So enjoy the fights uh, this weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening.